Oh. Um, Mr. Kelly. Oh, hey, Sergeant. What's all this? With all the time I've been home, I put in a Zen garden. What an amazing place to balance your chi. It is. And with a personal loan from PenFed, I was able to borrow the entire cost, up to $50,000, at a great low rate with no hidden fees and a simple pre-qualify. But you're not in the military. Everyone gets great rates at PenFed, whether you're in uniform or not. I feel more enlightened already. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash loans. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCOA. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Welch & Company Jewelers, Sitmean Sit Syracuse, and Brewerton Ace Hardware. If you're in and around Central New York, They've got some amazing house supplies. They have grills. Uh, they've got some pickles and barbecue sauce that they sell on site as well from local business distributors, Burton Ace Hardware. It's a great place to be. Go check them out. They've got it from potting soil to uh, uh, outdoor equipment to grills. Uh, you name it, everything in between. they got a bunch of snacks and drinks while you're there as well. Burton Ace Hardware is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Camillo's Golf Club, and the Whitaker and Swan families for all the support of the ML Sports Platter. Super excited to talk some Major League Baseball and talk about, in a couple of weeks, this guy's getting honored uh, as a, a Hall of Famer uh, at the New York State Baseball Hall of Fame induction. Can't wait to be there. I'll, I'll be there with the group from Ball 9. He is the lead writer uh, for Ball 9. You can check him out at ball9.com. At AMBS underscore Kernan. That's at AMBS underscore Kernan. Kevin Kernan, back to the platter. How are you, buddy? Always good to be with you, Mike. So, look, the Yankees pulled some of the fans back in. They get a couple of lefties, power guys, Rizzo, Gallo. They sweep the Marlins. Nothing's changed with this team, right? I mean, you can't go and lose and get murdered at home by the Orioles in the first game of that series. Come on. But they would have lost two of the Marlins games, too. The Marlins play better defense. True. And. And the Marlins are good pitching. They don't have much of anything else. And it's just a, you know, it's, it's first of all, we, we said it way back when, first time you had me on this year. I, I didn't like this lineup, no lefties. They get they finally wake up, get a couple lefties. And um, you got to wonder why it took so long to realize that it takes left-handers to win at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that the most obvious thing in, in, in the history of Yankee Stadium? So it just shows their arrogance as do they know better than you know better. And it's kind of like, uh, it's a little bit of elitism, and that's what the Yankees are right now. They're a very elitist team. And, um, and you know, they like I said, they finally, you know, brought in Rizzo. Rizzo's got a nice, solid swing, and I will say this, you know, he's on top of the plate. I think he can help Joey Gallo a little bit. Joey's a big swing and miss guy. Every scout I've talked to said that he's not the answer, but, you know, he's better than what they had. I mean, what, what they were doing. It also shows let's let's not let Clint Frazier off the hook here. Yeah. Or or or, or uh, you know Brian Cashman for that trade. That was supposed to be a that was supposed to be a reloading trade. You know, okay, we'll live we'll live to losing one year, but now we got now we got the um, you know legendary bat speed guy in left field. And he, he's never hit over one eighty, never showed any showed that he really um, has any understanding of the game that you really need to be a championship player. And very nice kid, but you know it, it hasn't worked out for him. So that that tells me uh, all these things. I found out with one phone call that he, you know, he was a, you know way back when. So so that they they don't scout like they used to scout, or 
I think here's what's really happening. They do scout like they used to scout, but they don't listen to the scouts. And um, Andrew Haney, good example. I mean, he another nice kid, but you know, terrible uh, acquisition. That, I mean, uh, yeah. What I is mean, he, he <laughs> gave sixteen home runs and I think think for the Angels he right. allowed, and that's and he's playing in a big ballpark Correct. out there. What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah. And and uh, but but that speaks to who's making the decisions. Um, they didn't do anything about the pitching in the offseason other than hire guys that Eric Cressy told them to hire, you know, like Kluber and the things like that. And uh, that's gone downhill, and it's only and it's getting worse. They may get on a run. They may make the playoffs because, you know, that second wild card is a crappy team anyway. Yep. But how in the world are they going to face the precise pitching that you see? Uh, and power pitching, this is what I really know about the Yankees. I want to make this point clear. I don't know why guys fool around. So, you know, you got to you know, mix in a slider here and there. But you, you you can throw fastballs past the Yankees. That's what I've really noticed. So that tells me they're sitting on a lot of slow stuff. The other thing is Odor. Not sure he, it, he, you know, he takes such a big swing. He's got baseball talents. He can bunt. He can do different things. Hit the other way. They shift him, and he won't hit the other way. And he pops up. How, Mike, how many pop-ups and fly-outs are we seeing in baseball now across the board because of the launch angle swing? It's a joke. Yep. And the nerds nerds keep saying it's you know it's great for baseball, it's great for home runs, blah, blah, blah. If you watch a game now, I watched a game the other day. I think it was an Angels game. Uh, and and it, I must have seen 15 pop-ups in the game. Awesome. It's, it, and I call a pop-up anything that's a fly-out nowadays because the ball is so juiced. If you don't, if you don't hit it to the wall, it's a pop up, and uh, that that's where we're at. That's where the Yankees are at. Uh, I, the Red Sox are in a little bit of a slump right now, so that that could help the Yankees. They they should have went out. They should have stepped up and got Rizzo. But again, they're run by a nerd now, so it's a different kind of Red Sox. It's not, it's not the Dave Dombrowski Red Sox that would have went out there and got the best player they could have gotten. Um, so they're run by a nerd, so they, they don't want to give up. They, I call it prospect hugging. They all hug their prospects way too much, and um, you know, good for the Giants. They went out and got Chris Bryant, and uh, you know, paid what they had to pay to get him. And I love to see that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm 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 rooting root for the Giants and the Dodgers and the Padres have their issues out there. But it's uh, I'm kind of shifting my focus now to watch teams in the West more than the East. Let me tell you what you bring up something really interesting with the scouting part. That second part that you that you that you said it really stuck with me. Where, where you were like, hey, maybe they are scouting like they used to, but they're not listening to the scouts. What if inside there somewhere, the scouts are actually just forced to look for the things that the analytic people want, as opposed to baseball stuff? Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. I'm sure they are. That's got to yeah. be a major issue. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a, a little example of that, and it's not a major example, so I don't want to make uh, anybody to miss up, uh, hear what I'm saying here, but. There's a kid I wanted to see this year that the Yankees kind of, they do have some players that kind of, you know, sometimes excite me and I want to see the kid play. I wanted to see Hoy Park play. Me too. Hoy Park had a 475 on base percentage, you know, 475. That's, that doesn't just happen. And scouts that I've talked to have told me about this kid all year long. Uh, And they said that he has an Ichiro ability to like kind of, if the, if the pitch isn't down and low, he'll, he'll drop the ha- hammer on, drop the head on. If it, he'll go the other way. He's not each other. They're not saying that, but he has that kind of ability. And uh, why not, uh, you know, 
uh, make a run with this kid. Once you just, well, you know, he could have been playing, uh, he could have been playing second base this whole time instead of Odor. I mean, how many pop-ups do I have to endure mm-hmm. with Odor, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak? And uh, uh, But again, they traded him away for uh, Clay Holmes, you know, and uh, another writer that they can uh, burn out the bullpen and because uh, they're, you know, they're hurting Chad Green and things like that. So the scouts... I've known a lot of Yankee scouts through the years. They're good scouts, but I, my, my gut tells me that they're not being listened to or they're being pushed in a different direction. Unbelievable. Kevin Kern and Ball Niner guests here on the ML Sports Platter brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy and Bryant and Stratton College. You know, I know for the contract, the numbers probably aren't as... They're, they're not as good. They're not taken as seriously, et cetera, et cetera. But I think this year... I think Bryce Harper's had a pretty nice year. I mean, I've seen some Philly games. You know, he's hitting the ball all over the place. He's got his average up over 300. I know we talk about, you know, the batting average thing. It does matter. RBI, you know, they they matter. I think Harper's having a pretty, he's not going to have a 330, you know, a Willie Mays, Mantle, Ted Williams type of year. Not even going to have a a Harper MVP season. You know, he's not going to be in the 320 you know, uh, 120 RBI and 40 home run territory. But, but Kevin, do you see things out of Harper that you like this year? I do see things. I want to see him do more, though. I want him to see hit the ball the other way. When he gets in that total pull mode. Yeah, that's true. You know, he pulls himself. It's real simple what he does. I think he's got some injuries, too. Yeah. Uh, and this is a guess. This is an educated guess on my part because I've been watching baseball forever. But I've seen some plays in the outfield that have really disturbed me with throws and the way he's approached the ball. So I'm, I, there's got to be something going on there that we don't know. And um, but I will give. I, I he, he's a battler. Harper's a battler. Yeah. And uh, you know this is another example of the obvious getting away from the Yankees. Harper loved to be would have loved to have been a Yankee. You know, and he went to Philly, I was told, from people who should know. The reason he went to Philly because he thought he was going to break the all-time home run record because it was such a home run park. Huh. And and um, that's why he opted to go there. Obviously, the money was there, of course, but the money would have been anywhere. You know, he would have got big money anywhere. I don't know how the Yankees couldn't uh, couldn't finish that one off either. <laughs> but uh, uh, when he was having his trial at Yankee Stadium, I, I knew the guy who was doing batting practice to him. And he hit a bunch in the upper deck. And, um, and he said, uh, and they said, uh, you know, he, I think he was still a high school kid or just out of high school. And he, he said at the time he told the, uh, when, when the pitcher congratulated him, Hey, nice, nice job, kid. He goes, ah, I'll be doing that here in a couple of years. So he thought, he thought the Yankees would be in his future in some way. And, uh, and they haven't, but you're right. He's, uh, you know, he tries hard, he plays hard and you don't hear him, you know, you, you don't hear a lot of squabbling from him. You know, you don't hear... You don't hear, you know, issues upsetting him like already. We've seen so much with Lindor in New York. Yep. He's a little prima, prima donna, prima donna. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, um, you know, if he's, he's 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 telling the fans not to boo. My, you know, I'm really upset because they boo Michael Conforto. Mm-hmm. Conforto said 200. Conforto will boo. I know Michael well. He'd be booing himself. Mm-hmm. So you know what, Lindor, worry about yourself. And that's very interesting too that they got buyers because. I think that that's a Lindor move. Don't forget that Lindor is very close to the owner. So a lot of these decisions you see him made, I think, are Lindor influenced. So that, that's another thing. And I'm, it's a little bit away from the uh, from the Harper thing, but you got to be in my NL East mood. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the two and a half back now, uh, three in the loss column, the Phillies, and the Mets are somehow, somehow messing this thing up. I was just going there. Do, do you think the Mets will miss the playoffs? 
can't see how. They should have run away with this division. Um, the the um, Dombrowski, Ian Kennedy is not the answer, but you know what? Ian Kennedy's a tough kid. I've known him since he was a rookie. Smart kid, fun kid, got a great sense of humor. Uh, he'll battle. He'll battle. He's already given up some home runs, but he survived, you know, and, and um, he may be able to teach uh, some of those guys who are so wild on that staff, too. Like, you know, you know, chill out a little bit. Don't try to throw everything 103 miles per hour and, you know, bring it down to like 96 with some command. And um, so that's what's got to happen. For the Phillies to beat the Mets, the other relievers have to get it together. That's the answer. I'm very concerned about the Mets in a lot of ways. Um, the, um, you know, Baez, his talent is worth taking a shot at, sure. Certainly, and Lindor Baez would be a dynamic uh, middle infield. You can see that coming. The day that um, McNeil and Lindor got into it, that was the end of McNeil, in my mind, as second baseman for the Mets. The, you know, Lindor would find a way to bring, you know, to just kind of like uh, bring bring his buddy over, and here, and here we are. Um, you know, so, so um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Mets developed with the Grom thing. It's just really frightening. Again, I think I said the last time on the show, why throw 100 all the time? Why? You don't need to. You have a great delivery. Um, don't You don't need that extra stress. So we'll see where he kind of is. Certainly if the Grom is out, then the Mets are in huge trouble. And uh, Atlanta can't do that their own way. They don't know what they're doing. Um, the decisions they made in the front office are perplexing from last winter. That's the thing. The, the division was handed to the Mets, handed to them. Uh, Washington's a joke, and the Marlins can't really pay for hitters. It's really that simple. They have they developed some nice pitching, but they don't they don't pay enough for hitters. Um, so so that division should be the easiest division in baseball to win. And uh, somehow the Mets have messed it up. And and we'll see if Degrom is out. I, I could see the Phillies overtaking them, and that would be quite the story. Kevin, back in the '90s dynasty days for the Yankees, uh, the Jeter, Mariano, Torrey, four World Series in five years, all the pennants, all the division championships, all the 100 win seasons, all the Hall of Famers. They built obviously a lot of it through the farm system with Pettit, Bernie, Posada, you know, Mariano, Jeet, um, you know, and and others, <clears throat> some role players some bullpen guys, whatever the case may be. <clears throat> but the national narrative and the anti-Yankee narrative was still, well, the, the payroll, the payroll, the payroll, they'd win the World Series, well, they should win, the payroll, the cable deals were starting to come in, you know, MSG and all the other ones at that time. Well, let's fast forward to 2021. The L.A. Dodgers have a $272 million payroll. They just won the World Series. They just got Max Scherzer, who's going to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. They just got Trey Turner. They acquired Mookie Betts. I know they do a lot with the farm system, but where is the national outcry? Where are the columns? Where is the complaining about the Dodgers in baseball with what they're doing? Yeah, uh, and, and you know, two, I, the number I've heard was 274, but I quibble over a couple million. And... Um, I will say this though: the Dodgers will move their prospects, and in some ways, the Dodgers um, have taken from Stick Michaels. All those names you mentioned, Stick Michael had a core of Yankee guys he wouldn't trade, and he had another set of prospects he would trade. And those are the trades he made when when he needed to make, uh, fill a hole. And um, I think the people, especially in LA, you know, I worked in Southern California for ten years in San Diego. The media has a different mindset out there. And, and and there's 
they're so desperate for winning. They hadn't won since 88 that I think they, they let all that stuff slide. So the Yankees are always going to, because of the big personality of Steinbrenner, the Yankees are always going to be looked at as U.S. Steel. And also what the Yankees did in the 50s and 60s, you know, that's that's in the early 60s, that's who they were. So the Dodgers still had that, you know, the previous generations looked at them from the, the Brooklyn standpoint, the kind of lovable Dodgers, the bums. And I think that's kind of carried on out there. And they've been so happy to have the Dodgers out there that there's not that same kind of criticism that you get. And because it's out in the West Coast, the people in the East Coast really don't seem to care. You Because know, I remember all the years when Tony Grimm went with winning batting titles, nobody had a, really had a clue how good he was. And uh, it's just that East Coast, West Coast thing. And the Dodgers do, uh, you know, they do a good job of promoting their young guys, you know, and it looks like they have, you know, the Walker Buellers, you know, the, the catcher and some other people. It looks like they, uh, you know, they promote from within a lot. But, yeah, they're spending a ton of money. And the, Dod- and the Padres are right behind them for a small market team. I mean, they're spending more. My feeling is, real simple with baseball, if you got it, you can spend it. I think there should be not only... I think there should be a hard cap, and but there also should be a, a, a soft cap where you got to spend a certain amount of money. Right. It's re- it's really it's really terrible what's happening with the game with some of these great baseball cities that are so desperate for baseball uh, victory and and all the price, you know we we know all this, the numbers the billions of dollars the the, uh, the franchises are worth. So I I don't ever. Uh, I've always been this way. I don't know why it is. I can't explain why, but I never get upset with teams spending money, so it never really bothers me. What bothers me is when they don't spend money, and what bothers me is when the Yankees are congratulated for like making deals where somebody else is paying for Rizzo or Gallo and 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 um, and uh, you know Cashman stayed under the uh, whatever. Yeah. They, you know. <laughs> I, I, I give a crap. I mean, that's that's. You mean why you, you you're paying ridiculous amounts of money for everything with the Yankees? So what? Why why are you making them more money? They've been making money since 1927. Go spend it. And um, this, you know, we haven't touched on it, but this basically comes uh, everything with the Yankees comes from Hal Steinbrenner right now. That's why they're so mediocre. Because Hal hasn't until Hal's all in, the Yankees won't be all in. It's really that simple. Or the next owner. Now Steve Cohen is all in, which is interesting, but he's being a little too. Uh, you know, command uh, in command right now. And look at the, uh, we didn't touch it, but the Kamar Rock. Oh God, I was going to bring that up. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, you, you you do you you got everything covered. You're excellent. What you do, and um, and uh, I hate to jump ahead. No, but, please uh, do because that is abs- yeah. that is Kevin. That is as absurd a situation with a guy coming out with that kind of ability and that kind of money for a big market team. That should have been done. You know, that's one of those deals like you plan to sign. Hey, we're planning to sign him today. Should have been done yesterday. You know, well, it should have been down yesterday, but obviously, if if there was some thought, and I watched the College World Series, I was very involved. I, I loved it this year. I really got into the College World Series because I can't, you know, like the way the major leaguers are playing drives you nuts. So at least the College World Series guys play, and I watched, you know, I watched them go through, and you could see he just watching. I could see that his velocity was down terribly. I talked to a couple of scouts. They told me it was something's going on there. So you had to know, first of all. They, they know. They're not that dumb. Second of all, you got to have people on him for months, for months, if you got a chance to get Rocker. So you got to have scouts on him from day one. And um, and then you got to know his signability. And then here's the, here's, here's the most perplexing thing, though. I think this was a line in the sand move by Scott Boris. Scott Boris is very, you know, Scott Boris is uh, very close to Washington ownership. That's why all those deals happen with Washington with his clients. I think he's trying to make a statement here for the future with uh, um, 
uh, with Colin. Uh, I'll work with you, but I'm not going to be a pushover. And I think uh, I think that's something that everybody's kind of missed here. The fact that if I'm Scott Boris, I want to have my guys signed with the Mets so I have future relationship with the guy with all the money in baseball. <laughs> you know, basically, it's really it's really common sense. And I know Scott so well. I know how he he, he he's so smart. And um, so so there's something deeper going on here. And the fact that the Mets, first of all, didn't realize it, and, or medical, they're paying the ground all this money now too, and he's hurt. So, so where do you draw the line? I mean, um, it must be. I'm guessing, and I could be. I'm just guessing. I'm throwing this out here. It must be a shoulder issue. That's the only thing I could think of. If it's an elbow issue, all these teams always say, "Ah, we'll bite the bullet. Let him get the Tommy John, and he'll be better when he in in, in a year and a half, hopefully." Um, so, so yeah, that's. Uh, you know, when you're putting up billboards of guys oh. and stuff like that, it's 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 so Mets like though. But it's it's like everything. They, you know, the Mets do some wacky stuff, and it's kind of what makes them endearing. But at the same time, it's a scary thing, and you can't afford. I don't care who you are. Which brings me to another great point. You know, Theo Epstein was going to rebuild the Cubs, right? He rebuilt them because they finished in last place and they had top picks. They never got the conveyor belt of of talent going. They win one World Series. Because nobody's a back-to-back since those Yankees teams you mentioned earlier, but so 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 the, nobody nobody is really doing as promised as front offices. They're not. They may win a World Series, but then they fall right back out. They can't. They can't really. That's what makes to me the Dodgers interesting, because uh, they they're trying to sustain it, and if they sustain it, then good for them. And that's what we need to see more in baseball, because it's always good. Another team, too, I want to just mention, I think they did a nice job, was uh, Milwaukee making a trade early. You know, Willie Adams getting him, even though he strikes out a ton. He, he's a gutsy player. And uh, so, so so there are some teams that have done some good things. The White Sox getting a second closer. You know, Tony Luis is a mad scientist, and um, giving him another closer, even though Kimberwell's had his problems in the postseason, that, that's a great move. That's a great move by the White Sox. So the White Sox right now are kind of like under the radar as well. And uh, I know we're going to hear it all about the White Sox when they play in the cornfield game in Iowa. <laughs> uh, you know, and they all step out. Of, you know, and they all step out of the uh, cornfield. And and Manfred has fooled the media once again, thinking that baseball is a game for the little people. And here these guys, you know, it's such a go back to who we were. And meanwhile, he's, he's pushing them, pushing the uh, rubber back a foot, and this and that, and uh, and the ball is so juiced. And, and 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 why are they doing these things with pitching? When if you look at the scores, they're outrageously high. Mm-hmm. Most of these scores, <laughs> you know, so, so so it's really it's really scary stuff. And um, if the Yankees fall off the face of the playoff earth, then uh, then uh, you know you got another chance to see things like um, you know uh, lowest rated World Series down the road. So so a lot, lot going on in baseball. We all love the sport, but at the same time, we hate seeing what's going on. Kevin Kernan, Ball 9, couple more for you, KK here, and make sure you follow him on Twitter at AMBS underscore Kernan, and of course, Ball9.com, the ML Sports Platter, all over it here uh, on the MLB scene with KK, brought to you by uh, Bryant Stratton College and the Syracuse Fitness Store. I'm not sure that I'd want to be anybody else besides the Houston Astros right now. Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, they may be, we talked about them maybe being the best team in the AL. Kevin, I don't know. I mean, they might be the best team in the game. I, I don't disagree. When they're healthy, they gotta stay healthy. True. Because you know, yep. there's back problems with Correa, and he, he's a, he's a you know I love my time 
when I used to get sent out to cover the Astros. I love that clubhouse. I love their baseball mentality. And that's been lost. And I know that the cheaters and the trash cans and all that stuff. And guys like Alex Cora would just, they want to win, you know. And I'm certainly not condoning what they did. Um, but I, I also think other teams were cheating. But getting Graveman was is a classic example. You go get the Poto who's kind of a nerd, he's definitely a nerd, but he's a ball player nerd, which makes him even more dangerous, and a guy that knows that, thinks he knows everything. This goes back to, I know people who are on the same teams with him, you know, this is who he is. So you take his guy who's got electric stuff, I mean, the stuff he's throwing, Graveman, it'll work this year. And you, you trade for him, so you, you strengthen something that you need. Uh, and don't forget, they've lost Springer and things like that. So so they've lost some talent. So, But Dusty Baker's a great baseball man. I'm sure he, he has some influence over that. Tony Luis, another great baseball man, you know, older guys. Other than other than other than trying, you know, getting Harold Baines into the Hall of Fame by himself, LaRus is a good baseball guy. <laughs> exactly. I know that's well, you know, that's that's another complete story. I actually I just did a story for I'm also writing for Aaron Rodgers' website called OSDB. Drama.com. Online sports database. It's a pretty good, it's a really interesting website. Yeah, it is. Cause, cause, uh, and I did a big piece on Josh Roberts, the new president of the Hall of Famer. He's a really good guy. I've known him forever. And, uh, you know, the whole different the different things are happening sometimes. Where That's why the Yankees missed the boat. They should have. They should have had that veterans committee stuffed with, when they could have got months in it. You yep. know, they don't do those things. Uh, you know, they don't happen. So it's crazy. But back to the Astros. Yes, the Astros, and they have a great. You know, they they, they they pitch well. They play well there. They play with an attitude. And the home runs that Altuve has hit against the Yankees this year you know, have really set the tone for who they are uh, deep down. And uh, they're going to be fun to watch in the postseason as well. All right, I got one more on the baseball side, and I want to take a couple minutes and honor you. We've got a big event coming up here in just under two weeks up in Troy, New York. Um, Vlad Guerrero Jr., when you watch him play baseball, what do you see? What goes through your mind? What about the hitting? Uh, how he approaches the game? What, what do you when? Because I think when he's up, it's just stop right, right now. Here we go. Watch this guy. What do you see when you watch him play? Well, I see a guy who's really taught well, understands the game well, and um, – doesn't listen to the nerds, um, you know, and that's that's key. That's key, and because uh, he'll take these little ground ball, hit the second base if they shift on him. He'll yeah. he'll do things like that. But he's uh, and I had a chance to meet him and spend some time chatting with him up in when his dad got inducted up in Cooperstown, and he's got he's got great baseball IQ. Um, um, he, he he's worked himself into shape, and I think that gets nobody even. Uh, should get more credit. He, he's become quite the first baseman. You know, mm-hmm. he's worked really mm-hmm. hard to do a good job there. So he's he's the future. You know, he's the future. He's as exciting as Tatis, but not in a um, flashy kind of way. And and I think he has obviously more in my mind more power and things like that. So I think he's going to be a beast. And I think the Blue Jays. I think uh, some of the deals they made. I, I think the Blue Jays are going to be a real trouble for the Yankees moving ahead down the road as well. Not to get off the subject of, of Vlad, but when you have that kind of young talent, yep. um, you know, I think if they had just, uh, you know, they, they did strengthen the pitching, but if they strengthened a little bit more uh, for years to come, Vlad's, you know, like you said, he's, he's a must-watch baseball 
TV. And 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 he's he's enthusiastic about the game, but it's not too much over the top. It's like there's a little bit of a there's also a little bit of a put your head down and run pride too. So I, yeah, I love everything about him. Yeah, no doubt. Love watching him come up through the through the minors. Um, so I, I know I told you that story where he hit that ball right center field and it went over the power lines and over the trees. And I said, my gosh, I don't think that ball's going to land. And I stopped because I didn't have to do any on-field stuff for a little bit. We're just kind of waiting it out to see if I had to do a post-game interview. And I said, I'm standing right here and I'm watching every single second of this at bat because this guy could be could be all that and more. Um Finally, KK, uh, we're nearing it. I, man, summer's flying. It's going so fast. Uh, and uh, we're coming up here to the New York State Baseball Hall of Fame uh, in Troy, New York. I'll be there. It's on uh, a Sunday, uh, August 15th, and you're going in. So I wanted to just kind of give you a couple of minutes to talk about what it means to you and uh, you know, giving you a huge congratulations. And I think, for what it's worth, I think one day you should be up, up there in Cooperstown on Main Street as well. I appreciate that, Mike. It's yeah, it's it's an it's an unbelievable honor. And um, Cooperstown, I think, to be quite honest, is no shot. It's a different world. Of, you know, I love Cooperstown, but I think with that that award, the way it's given out, you, you, uh, I don't think I have a shot for that. So this is plenty for me. I'm very happy with this. And my my dear friend uh, Nick Cafaro, who passed away a couple of years ago, just got into Cooperstown. Yeah, great guy. And and, and and that's great to see. So they did a great job with uh, that but yeah you know it's gonna be uh I, i'm i'm kind of like uh if i were a player i'd be one of those guys the highs and lows and I, I'd, I'd bury if i had to but i don't get too excited about things and and um, <laughs> except coming on this show I, I mean, yeah of course and um and and uh, you know i get fired up when i talk about baseball and i think that's what i think what this that's the bottom line with this thing is that this is this rewards me for my passion for the game, which and my non-agenda for the game. Mm. I write, I write what I what I feel, and I don't care if you're my best friend, but if you're screwing up, you, I'm going to criticize you. And and if you really go south, then you're really in trouble. But I also write on, you know, I can I can write a, a very touching story about, you know, I, I just I think back, something I just I, you know, thank God, God gave me this talent. I had, you know, I just kind of like. Uh, got lucky because who knows what i'd be doing but i think of all the stories i've written i mean even even something as simple you know like i was just going through something the other day and um you know goodwin the first base coach for the red sox when his son committed you know his son had committed suicide and i was able to get him to talk about that a few years ago in the playoffs you know mm-hmm. and, and and it was an amazing story and i'm not saying because i wrote it because it's what he had to say that made it amazing so being able to to um kind of like be a conduit for those people yeah. and also even you know just the relationships i have shows you that i've been respected by those who played the game like i was mentioning something about hitting yesterday and twitter and all of a sudden mike piazza i saw that yeah mike's a yeah. Good, great guy you know uh he, he jumped right in with his thoughts and obviously his hitting thoughts are yeah. unbelievable because yeah. he's mike piazza hall of famer you know, he's, he's taking instruction from Ted Williams when his father, Vince, brought him over to the house. So, you know, he, 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 he carries, a, you know, uh, unbelievable uh, weight of, of knowledge. And, he, you know, he, but he's jumping in there and that just shows you, you know, and basically defending my point. And, and this whole, this whole what they're doing to the game 
that's why I'm so adamant about it. And I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to enjoy the weekend. I'm going to be a very, my speech isn't going to be long. Talk. You know what I'm going to do? I might just mention a little bit about what it's like to be a writer. Cause everybody knows what hall of famers, you know, what they did on the field and things like that. And I'm not going to go into great detail, but I'll tell a couple stories and, uh, and, uh, just let people know, but there's a lot more, you know, Lupinella, Tina Martinez, tons of people scout like Johnny Morris from long Island. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's Rene LaRue and, and, and the board up there did an unbelievable job with the people they have going in. And it, it should it should be uh, – actually, I'll be leaving soon because I'm driving up and um, going to visit some families here and there and uh, make my way up there and looking forward to the weekend. should be great. My my kids are coming, so it's awesome. going to be a nice little – and my youngest, who's now 30, it'll be his birthday, so that's special. Oh, too. look at that. No kidding. All right, well, that's going to be great. I can't wait to see you. Can't wait to meet the cast. Uh, at Ball9 as well. Ball9.com, the lead baseball writer for that unbelievable platform. Kevin Kernan on Twitter, at AMBS underscore Kernan. KK, thanks so much, bud. I'll see you real soon, all right? Great to talk to you, and hopefully the Bills stay up there. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends over at Bryant and Stratton College. Make sure you check them out, bryantstratton.edu. Two great campus locations if you're in and around Central New York in Liverpool, and in Syracuse on James Street. They've got two- and four-year degrees, new programs popping up all over the place, including a brand-new nursing program as well. BryantStratton.edu. Finish and fill out that uh, questionnaire online, and they can help place you, you know, help craft what you're really uh, looking for. And when you get out of Bryant Stratton College, the success rate of getting jobs, it's extremely high. BryantStratton.edu, Bryant Stratton College of Syracuse, the official ML Sports Platter uh, college sponsor. A big tip of the cap. Thank you as well to the Al and Angus Pub, Prestwick Golf, Syracuse Fitness Store, and our good friend Heather Saxon over there at Hunt Real Estate. Buying and selling homes. You need help there with Heather. Go find her on Facebook. Heather at Hunt. She's terrific. She's a licensed real estate professional and uh, a big supporter of the program. So thank you, Heather, for all you do. And uh, again, buying and selling a home, man, it's stressful. It takes up time. Heather makes it smooth for you. Heather Saxon of Hunt Real Estate, the official real estate agent of the ML Sports Platter. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Thanks for listening. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Keeping your government agency secure from cyber threats is a growing concern across the public sector. And trying to keep up with the latest technology can cause information overload. GovWhitePapers is a content hub for understanding the latest technology trends in government cybersecurity, AI, cloud computing, and more. So you can keep your agency safe without scouring the internet. Join for free and discover the best practices government and industry are sharing. Visit GovWhitePapers.com today. That's G-O-V-WhitePaperS.com. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. 
Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.